Hi, and welcome to the Stripology Podcast. I'm your host, Wendy, experienced dancer, mindset and strategy coach, and founder of the Industry Academy. This industry completely transformed my life, and I've coached hundreds of women to do the same. Through my signature framework of sales, mindset, and confidence, I help dancers of all experience levels who are inspired to master their craft and maximize their income. In this podcast, I will share with you my personal journey and the skills I learned that helped me to lift my financial ceiling, cultivate confidence, and quadruple my income on a consistent basis. Thank you so much for being here. Let's get into it. If I asked you to dance. Hey, and welcome back to another episode of the Stripology Podcast. Today, I'm going to talk about etiquette. So this is an episode that is more suited to new dancers, people that are considering getting into the industry, and even dancers that like to travel as well. So around Australia, which is where I'm experienced, and around the world, there are different setups with different clubs regarding payment. Because we're a symbiotic relationship with the club, um, we're not wholly uh, employed by them. We are our sole trader, so we have our own business and we work under an establishment. So they give us the place to work and we in return work there and they make money from um, our services in different ways. So some clubs, they take a house fee, so we actually pay to work there. And some clubs take a percentage of our earnings. So for every dance that we sell, they will have a house fee, um, a percentage that they take, which is usually between 20, 30 and 40%, depending on which club you're at. So when you do approach a club to work there, that is one of the, that is one of the questions that you might want to ask to just find out how do they take payment? Is it a house fee? If so, how much? Usually weeknights are a different amount to weekends because the earnings are greater on the weekends and the club is open for longer. So they have their staff and everything that they need to pay for to keep the club open. So that really differs city to city, state to state. Um, but most states have a certain percentage that they'll take. Like I know Queensland is usually around 40%. Perth is around 30%. Uh, in Melbourne, a lot of the time there's house fees and Adelaide, it's been a while since I worked there, I can't quite remember. I think that's a percentage as well. Um, so, yeah, that's something that you will want to work out. That's sort of an etiquette with the club um, and arrangement with your relationship there. So in America, there's another um, sort of system that's in place and that's tip-outs. We don't do that so much in Australia and that's where you are sort of expected to or... Um, you know, I hear sometimes pressured into, but it's more of an expectation that you're going to pay a tip out to the DJ, to the managers and things like that. So that can happen occasionally in Australia. I find it creates a bit of a different sort of dynamic in the club. Um, I have paid managers before very occasionally if they have really clearly helped me to make money that night directed me to a certain customer and I've had a fantastic night and I wouldn't have met that customer if they didn't direct me there. So on that occasion, I'll, you know, offer them a tip. But I don't 
do it in a way that it's expected from me because I'm really confident in making my own money and I feel like it can become a bit of a shakedown situation in clubs where that sort of, you know, greasing of palms is happening. It can sort of start escalating. I've seen that in clubs where, you know, say some dancers are paying the managers regularly and then in turn the managers are going out of their way to help certain dancers. But it can kind of start creating a bit of a um, divide in in the, you know, the dancer experience in clubs where that's happening. So I like to really view it as an anomaly and just something that's not expected. That's something that is like a genuine thank you. I do recognise what happened here, but I'm not going to have this as an expectation from me. So that's something to be aware of as well um, in certain clubs and just understanding the culture of the club that you're in. So stage is also held differently in different clubs. Um, There's usually a roster uh, where you know when you're going to be on stage. There are certain ways around that as well where if you're booked for a certain length of time or if you're booked from v- in VIP, then you're not expected to do your stage and the manage- management will be aware of that and they will make arrangements for you. But, again, that's different in different clubs. Um, so, again, that's something to be aware of. Also, the level of nudity is different in different clubs. So some clubs, um, you're paid to go on stage, just a small amount, like $20, and you're expected to be nude by the end of your stage set. Stage sets usually differ from around 15 to 25 minutes in different clubs. Some clubs, you get to choose your music. Other clubs, they have a set playlist and you don't have the option to choose your music. Again, it just depends on the clubs. Um, some clubs, you only take articles of your clothing off if you're tipped and others have sort of a set routine, like the last two songs, you must be topless or you must be nude regardless, things like that. That's just set in place because stage is actually there for the patron's um, entertainment. So for anyone that's listening to this, if you're not in our industry and you might wonder, you know, how stages work, we really work from tips there. So it's really encouraged that you tip if you appreciate someone's performance or if you want to encourage certain dancers, it's a great way to just, you know, share the generosity and have the money circulating in the club. Um, and the majority of our money is made from private dancers. So stages, you know, more or less a duty that we have to uphold. Um, for some people, they really love performing and it's their time to shine. It's their time to really showcase their talent and you know, really enjoy themselves because that's something that really lights them on fire. And so, yeah, stage can be different for different people, but that's the way it's run. There's a roster and we generally have to adhere to it unless we're booked in VIP or a long booking. So for myself, I like to not do stages. I prefer to do the private dances because that's where I'm being paid. And so I really make sure to be booked around the time that I have stage coming up. Um, I find that's a good little loophole. To, to do what I love, um, but, again, everybody's different. And so with travelling dancers, um, these are all questions that you might want to ask the club how it's run. It's really important when you're travelling and dancing to choose a club that suits you um, because clubs are different in different ways. Some clubs might have a real party vibe and a real fast pace, and that might not suit you. Whereas some clubs might have a more, you know, slow getting to know the customers, 
building lots of rapport and then building those longer, more intimate dances that might suit you. Something that I'm really passionate about is versatility. And I find that despite the club that you go to, there might be a general vibe of the club that's undeniable, but you can also still work in your own way. So say you go to a club that has a more slow hustle, but you prefer the more fast, you know, quick hustle. There's no reason that you can't bring that to the club. Um, The customers just might not be as sort of um, used to that. So just keeping that in mind, you always want to keep rapport with your customers. So, you know, just keeping that in mind, but there's no reason to stop your style. But also in knowing that versatility is always key. So if you are really confident in one way, like I really like the slow hustle, I really like to, you know, get to know my customers before I sell a dance, then I would really recommend bringing some versatility into your hustle so that you can suit a a wider range of clubs and you can suit a wider range of customers. That's always the key because versatility equals consistency. The more versatile we are, the more consistently we can make money because we are, yeah, more suited to a wider range of people and situations. So just looking at that, if you choose to travel and dance, um, what type of club you're stepping into and whether their structure suits you. And then knowing that you can always be really versatile no matter where you end up as well. So here's some tips now around more being on the floor and more hustling etiquettes. Um, And I've learned a lot of these the difficult way. And so that's why I'm sharing this today because it's best to, um, you know, learn from others' experience rather than, well, I mean, it's always great experience is the best teacher, but if you you can avoid a difficult situation, then that's always, you know, key. So one thing that I do want to mention um, around stage uh, is there are tipping seats around the stage. So these seats are generally reserved for customers that are really engaged with the stage performances and they are tipping seats for a reason because the customers are in a close proximity to the stage and they're engaging with the dancers on the stage and they are sort of, I guess, yeah, reserved for tipping customers. So it's against good etiquette if you're on the floor, if you're not on stage, to approach customers in the tipping seats and hustle them for a private dance because you're essentially taking a customer away from the stage and away from the dancer that's on the stage And I learned that the hard way in one of the first few shifts that I worked in Brisbane. um, I didn't know this and I went and hustled someone at the stage. I took the customer and a dancer was really pissed off with me and she basically confronted me and said, don't you ever fucking do that again. And that's how I learned, okay, the tipping seats are reserved for the stage dancers. Um, They're kind of in a relationship there like there's a dynamic going. And so we want to keep that for them. We always want to be considerate. That's what club etiquette is all about, being considerate to our fellow dancers because we're all in the same boat and we don't want to do things to other people that we wouldn't want done to ourselves. And so that is one thing, just remembering that, yeah, the stage tippers are there for the stage dancers. And there might be a tiny window between, you know, someone getting off stage and someone getting on But obviously that moment is reserved for the dancer getting off the stage. But if she, say, for example, goes with another customer, um, you can briefly go up and just check in on the customers to see how they're going to see if they're ready for a private dance. That might work. That might not. But 
when the next performer's up and performing, you need to step away and, you know, give the customers um, the chance to really engage with who's on stage and tip them. So another thing that's really important is proximity. So basically the way that it works is when we're literally standing with a customer and talking to a customer, it is it is bad etiquette to approach a customer who is chatting with a dancer. It doesn't matter if you've met them 50 times before. It doesn't matter if they've talked to you for 50 dances before. They are not free reign. They are talking to a dancer and you simply can't approach them. Um, if they're in a group, so if there's a group dynamic, this is another thing that is different from club to club. Um, some clubs, it is okay to approach a group if there's already dancers talking to say, say there's a group of five people, there's a dancer on the side talking to one of the people in the group. It's okay to approach someone else that's in the group, one of the other customers. However, it's good etiquette to check in with the dancers already talking to that group and just signal with them on the sideline, is it okay if I approach? And they might nod or they might ignore you. And if you get ignored or they turn from you, it's a good idea then to just take caution because they might be arranging something with the customer that you're not aware of. They might be arranging an entire group dance where they entertain the entire group. They might be about to take the entire group to VIP. There's different situations. And if one dancer books four customers or five customers in a normal dance, and they're actually paid five times. So we don't want to go in there and cut their grass because we're going to be simply dividing the group and taking one of the customers that this dancer is arranging, you know, a group dance with. Some scenarios, it's really helpful if someone comes to join the group because, like, statistically, it's very difficult to hustle an entire group. It's it's much easier to... Um, you know, arrange a dance with one or two customers. And there might be three or four still standing there that um, aren't involved in the arrangement. And sometimes it's easier with a couple of dancers to arrange a big group booking where there's, say, you know, five customers and four dancers and you all go to VIP together. Then sometimes it's really good to get that reinforcement and um, you know, seek dancers that are close proximity to you and, and grab them and say, hey, are you free? Would you like to come and join us? We're thinking about going to VIP. And that way you just have more of a better dynamic and a bit more, um, you know, suggestibility going on with the group that it's a great idea to go and do this, um, you know, group dance. There's sort of, yeah, a little bit more um, sway in the in the suggestion there. So that is good etiquette when we're talking about groups and proximity just to make sure that you're not stepping in and you're not stepping on someone else's toes that you're being really respectful checking in if it's okay if you join and see whether or not you're welcomed in or whether or not you know they've got their own thing going on um so yeah always check in with your club if you're traveling dancing or starting out what their etiquette is around groups um because some clubs simply will not it, it is considered bad etiquette in some clubs to approach someone in a group even if there's only one dancer even if the group has 20 people in it it's still considered bad etiquette um and some clubs that just does not exist and it's completely okay provided that the dance is okay with it so definitely check in there um and it just takes a little signal and just reading reading the moment 
So another situation that can happen um, on the floor is when, like I was just sort of talking, uh, alluding to when, say, for example, there's two customers, you're talking to one, you're getting on really well with them and, you know, they want to party together and basically it's a really good idea to get another dancer for the other customer and you take care of the one that you're talking to. So in that moment, you might grab a dancer and, like I said before, hey, are you free to join into our dance? We're thinking of doing blah, blah, blah. Um, and that's usually a really good position to be in because you haven't had to do any of the floor work. You're literally just sort of poached and, and in a good place at a good time. And so um there's an etiquette there where of course it's really fantastic to thank the dancer that has gotten you a dance um because like I said they've done the legwork you haven't done the legwork you've just been in the right time um in the right place at the right time and so yeah of course good etiquette is to thank them you might also want to return the favor this again isn't an expectation. It's not to say that because someone got you a dance, now you owe them and you have to run around and try and get them a dance. No, but it's just something to be mindful, mindful about into the future, uh, where you can, you know, if you're in that situation yourself and you need another dancer and they're close by, but say there's five or six dancers close by, you might want to grab the dancer that's helped you out in the past, um, just to return the favor. But again, it's not to be an expectation and there's definitely no way that it's good etiquette to get another person to dance and expect that they now owe you a dance. It's just luck of the draw. Sometimes you help people, sometimes you get helped, and that's what it comes down to. And just being really grateful for the situations that work out for you is more than enough um, just to acknowledge that in that moment or at the end of the dance. Um, So, yeah, just being mindful that, you know, it, it can be viewed that, um people owe you but people don't owe you and you don't know other people it's just the way that the the club environment works another thing that's really important not only for etiquette but also for safety is never ever giving out personal details about any other dancer it doesn't matter if the customer says that they know them really well or they know them outside of the club or they grew up with them, or, you know, um, if you've grown up with them and you know them really well and you feel like they wouldn't mind if you just said something about them, it's never okay to share personal details with the customer about another dancer. And it's actually really good to advise in this point that it's also a really good practice to never share personal details about yourself um, with any customers, no matter how safe you feel. Um, we just never know. And it is a really, really important safety aspect to keep that in mind and make sure you practice that. I've had situations in my dancing career where people have shared that I'm married, where people have shared different kinds of information about me. And it just changes the dynamic between me and certain customers where I may have shared other details, as in that, you know, um, not other details, but, you know, another version of, of my life. Um, and I simply don't want them knowing personal details and it's happened before and it has affected my um, rapport with certain customers. So it's never okay. And if you find people are doing that, it's really important to probably let a manager know or let them know personally that it's not okay um, because it's really 
you know, putting yourself at risk and it's um, whatever their motivation for doing that, it's not an excuse. It's not okay. So that's a really, really um, important one that I really want to stress. And I know that a lot of dancers out there who have been at the receiving end of that um, find it really upsetting. And it's, yeah, it's just something that is very bad etiquette in the strip club. So and in fact, in just all areas of life. Um, another thing to be really aware of is to not get caught up in grudge holding or allowing others' grudges to impact on you. So again, you know, this is something that can be related to any walk of life. You can look at it like in the schoolyard, you know, um, there's a lot at stake and there's a lot of different scenarios that can happen. And sometimes there can be miscommunications or different situations, but it is really in your own best interest for your own mental health to really just recognise things for what they are, focus on what you're in control of and do your best to not get caught up in any situations that are, you know, um, a bit petty or hearsay or, you know, all of those grounds, just staying in your own lane, really focusing what you're in control of and not getting caught up in any grudges that might have resulted from a miscommunication. It's in everybody's best interest and it really helps from night to night because we all need to work together. And when we're all working in close proximity night to night, it can be uncomfortable if there's, you know, clicks happening and things like that. It's not a schoolyard. It is a workplace. So we really need to be aware to not get caught up in any of that and just try and iron over any situations that happen as they come up because things do happen. It's a fast-paced environment. We're working with a lot of different people. We're working around alcohol and there can be situations that can get out of hand. So just knowing that it's best to not get caught up in those. Um, general consideration, obviously, like I have mentioned a few times in this episode is so important, um, because we're all in the same boat together and just understanding that we're all doing our best and understanding that nobody's perfect, you know, and understanding just all of the situations that we need to go through, that general consideration and etiquette is a must. And it's so important for everybody's experience at the club not only us and our colleagues but also the customers as well energy is felt in the strip club it's very easily picked up on it's very easily picked up on if there is you know any sort of um bad energy going on around the customers can feel that they're not going to want to be in a work environment in in you know a place where they're wanting to be entertained in our work environment where um you know, there's people disrespecting each other or people, you know, pushing other people's boundaries. And we can only lead by example. And when we want our customers to, you know, hold our boundaries, it's really important that we really, yeah, show that from our own example and show that we like to work with etiquette and with consideration for others and that is our best opportunity to bring that out of our customers as well so they can see it's a really positive workplace, that we all really enjoy each other's company, that, you know, we're not working against each other, we're working with each other 
and it can just set a really beautiful tone in the strip club. And I find majority of the time this is the case um, and it's really nice to uphold that and it always starts with us and, yeah, I'm just very passionate about that because we're all in the same boat together. So just like when we are on an aeroplane and they give the speech at the start, um, you know, if the oxygen mask drop down, we need to place ours on ourselves first before we help others. And, yes, in just saying that, you know, we need to be considerate for others, we also need to be considerate for ourselves and respect our own time and respect, um, you know, the fact that we're there to work, we're there doing our best. And so we do really need to put ourselves first um, when it comes to different situations. So it's, it's yes, it's working together, but it's putting ourselves first um, so we're not sort of putting ourselves in the situation to our own detriment. And I've learned this the hard way as well, where a couple of different, I mean, many, many different situations um, where I've shot myself in the foot by accident, um, but this is just learning by experience. So, for example, I've had a situation that comes to mind where I had a customer, really good rapport, they were booking, they're extending. I had a stage coming up. And I asked another dancer because I knew that he was, you know, having a really good time. And I thought, can you just entertain him until I get back? I have a stage. I did that. I got back and now they had a really good rapport. And I basically lost my customer because, yeah, I came back over, but they both, you know, were involved in their own dance. And I realized, okay, that was probably a bad move on my part. Um, I probably should have you know, invited the customer to come and watch me on stage. So that was a really interesting uh, lesson that happened, um, you know, where I thought that I was just helping two people, him to just keep enjoying his experience and the other dancer to quickly get paid and hold down the fort until I got back. So there's a little example of just, you know, being considerate but to my own detriment. Um, And it can, yeah, definitely happen, um, a lot in the strip club. Another thing to be aware of is regulars. So this is another thing that comes up quite often. This is where it can get a little more intense because usually there's more money at stake and there's been a lot more groundwork with regulars. But the fact is that all of our patrons are there on their own accord and we don't own anybody. It doesn't matter if, like I said before, if we've been booked 50 times with them, if they've come in every single Saturday and every single Sunday and every single Monday to see us, and then we come in and they're speaking with someone else. That is nobody's fault. That is nothing to get upset about because a true regular will potentially be waiting for you. And if not, if they do want something a little different that night, then that's their choice. We have no claim over any customers. And I've seen a lot of times dancers getting really territorial with customers and getting really pissed off with other dancers for having a dance with their customer. But it's just the way that the cookie crumbles. Sometimes uh, like really good regulars, they might want to have a quick dance with someone if you're busy or if you haven't started yet or whatever. 
or if they're just wanting something new, they might dance with you then later for the rest of the night or whatever they choose to do. But at the end of the day, it is their choice and we don't have the right to claim customers because it can get really awkward, really tricky, and it's just not the vibe that we want to bring to the workplace, to our own mental environment, feeling that we can be territorial around other people. Um, And this comes up a lot. I've seen and heard examples where a customer might book someone a lot. They, They feel that that's their regular now. And they've got their contact details and say this customer is now in a VIP with someone else. I've heard of situations where dancers actually text customers that are with another dancer saying, how dare you, or I'm available now, come and find me. And it's basically cutting into another dancer's money and cutting into another dancer's opportunity. And so, again, we don't know when we are in the situation of being the other dancer. Um, we might, but we might not know. We, we don't know the extent of everyone's relationship with customers. And so we might also be on the end where we feel our regular customers are getting a dance with someone else. Either way, that's just how it is. So, um yeah, I really want to put out there that there is there is no sort of right to claim customers. Um, it just ends in heartache and it ends in awkward situations. There are other customers out there. And, in fact, when it comes to regulars, if, if they are doing what they want to do, sometimes regulars push our boundaries. And, in fact, that is a whole other topic on its own. Um, But it's just important not to buy into any games that can get played. It's more important, like I said, to put on your own oxygen mask, to look after yourself and just go and focus on what you're in control of and go and do your best and go and entertain someone else if that's what needs to happen. Because regulars might be testing the waters to see how reliant you are on them, how much control there is, a lot of power dynamic that can come into play when we're talking about regular customers. So best advice there is to not buy into it, not get offended, not get territorial and just keep doing your thing and make that money knowing that it's there and trusting that that customer is going to come back to you if if that's what's going to happen. Um, And so, yes, that's a very important one to put out there because in my coaching I get asked a lot about that, how to navigate that, sticky situations that come up there. And, again, everyone is free reign basically unless we're in a conversation or a dance with them. Um, and we can just go on doing our thing as can every other dancer, as can, uh, all of the customers as well. So I hope that was helpful. I would love to hear any questions. If you have any, reach out by DM. And if you want to work with me and there's one-on-ones as well, if you want a more tailored, deep experience, working through any blocks and anything that is really just niche to you and your needs. Um, So I'll hear from you soon and thanks for tuning in.